So I decided, as long as I had to work at it, I'd come back here. I've always liked it here. How long have you been back? Almost a year. You like it, huh? Well, San Francisco's changed. Welcome to Deconstruct. I'm Isabella Farr, and today's episode is all about the Bay Area. San Francisco has had nearly two years to recoup the residents it lost when COVID hit. Like other coastal metro areas, the housing market has recovered by leaps and bounds. But the rental market tells another story. Here's reporter Susanna Cavanaugh with the trends driving the city's topsy-turvy recovery. So for years and years, San Francisco has been the most expensive place to rent in the U.S., The rise of Silicon Valley racketed up prices as tech bros with well-padded pockets descended on the city in search of apartments to rent. And when the pandemic hit... Rents dropped probably about 25 percent, pretty much overnight. That's Patrick Carlyle, chief market analyst for the Bay Area at Compass. In San Francisco, that exodus was two-pronged. Tenants woke up. Uh, Tenants were, one, uh, most likely to be hit by unemployment, which, of course, was massive. Also, people who lived in the city and even had good-paying jobs in the tech sector who rented apartments, they were paying the highest rents in the country. And they said, gee, I, I don't see any reason to pay the highest rents in the country anymore. As we remember, when cities reopened, people came back. San Francisco kind of missed that party, though, among renters at least. Prices only budged a bit relatively from their lowest point in 2021. In the summer, New York beat out San Francisco for most expensive city in the country for the first time in at least a decade. And now Boston, yes, Boston, is closing in. So is there any hope for a rental rebound? Just in the last, I will say, the fourth quarter, which typically is a slower time in the rental industry, we found a lot of people finally moving back in. A lot of the applications that I'd been processing are the the tenants that moved out in 2019. This is Sylvia Sotomayor, a realtor with MSI Real Estate Services in San Francisco. They realize that they're probably at some point going to have to come back into an office in San Francisco sometime soon. So they're getting ready to put roots down again. Um, and they're moving into more of the residential neighborhoods. Coal Valley was a big one, uh, Pacific Heights, Marina. And somewhat surprisingly, A lot of those people moving back are the ones who work in offices. It's mostly tech workers, finance workers, people who have jobs that are headquartered downtown. But they're not coming back because their boss emailed them with a return to office date. They're moving because most believe that email will come eventually. San Francisco is one of the cities that has the lowest return to office rate in the country. Office occupancy rates are 70%, still 70% below what they were pre-pandemic. And as Sylvia mentioned, because most employees get that their in-office commitment will be part-time, most renters are not looking to be that close to work. Soma South Beach is still experiencing a hard hit. That's the Soma neighborhood, short for South of Market. Twitter's headquarters sits right on the cusp of Soma, and the digital payment platform Block, which you probably know better as Square, is just a few blocks away. I think as people are moving in, they are realizing that it's probably going to be a hybrid model of, of work from home and maybe coming into the office a day or two. So they don't really need to be downtown anymore. They want to be where there's some outside space and and services in the neighborhood. But to be clear, that fourth quarter uptick in renters that Sylvia mentioned is slight. 
The average rent for a one-bedroom is still down 14% from what it was in March 2020. That's according to data from Zumper. Experts and brokers say the key to renters returning and therefore rents scooching back up rests in the hands of tech CEOs. It's it's the industry that, that brings people back into San Francisco. And because the tech side is not so diversified, it's all tech. We used to have so much more, you know, Levi Strauss's gaps. I think if all the tech started demanding everybody come back in, that's definitely going to flood the rental market. It's going to, you know, the demand's going to go back up, which again, increases pricing. And although some of the big tech companies like Apple, Meta, and LinkedIn agreed to let some employees work from home permanently, those companies have also been building out their office spaces over the past few years, which signals for other workers the all-remote option is reaching its terminus. Yes, uh, this this has been, to me, one of the bigger stories of last year and deservedly has been getting a lot of attention. My colleague Matt Nixa, who covers commercial real estate in the Bay Area, broke down some of those deals. Meta signed uh, two leases that collectively total more than a million square feet. Uh, in the Bay Area last year, one of which was touted by Tishman Spire as the largest private sector lease in the country for 2021. It was about 720,000 square feet, just a massive lease if you think about the in the context of work from home and the pandemic. It was signed in Sunnyvale, which is a city that's about 12 miles northwest of San Jose, where Apple signed the lease for also about 700,000 square feet earlier in the year. This is about May of last year. Uh, LinkedIn is pretty interesting case as well. Uh, they recently completed their new headquarters in Mountain View, and then they did two deals in Sunnyvale at the end of last year. So what does all that feverish buying mean for jobs and, by proxy, the return of renters? To me, it, it says it's it's a hybrid approach. It's a, a recent interview with Michael LaBelle, who's the uh, chief financial officer at Boston Properties. And what he said during the interview, I, I personally think is going to play out over time. What we said was, I don't think that companies know exactly what the impact is going to be. Speaking about the impact of the pandemic, I know that they're going to try their best to encourage people to come back in and they're going to want to create an environment that people want to come to. I think that's clear. Building more space gives tech firms two advantages with workers. One, they can beef up their staffs. And two, they can give existing workers more room. Like these tech companies, for example, you, you look at their office floor plans pre-pandemic. It was like one employee per like 100 or 150 square feet of space, uh, which is tight. And so I've been hearing anecdotally, it's now like one employee for 300 square feet of space, or sometimes even like one employee for like 400. So that's one piece of the resi market. And in some ways, the market for homes has been kind of the reverse. The sales in San Francisco have been really strong. Our office had a record number of sales during the pandemic through both years. Interest rates, you know, remain really low. When folks fled the city early on in the pandemic, they left tightly packed condo buildings at a much higher rate. Inventory hit the highest level probably ever. San Francisco is unusual in the Bay Area in that its market is actually dominated by condo sales, which perhaps isn't that uncommon in real urban markets, such as New York City as well. In 2021, sales roared back. Uh, condo prices started to recover. Part of that is because even if jobs aren't a reason to return to the city, the culture is. You know, they love the urban feel. They love street fairs and they love restaurants and they love clubs. They also love not being in the middle of nowhere. Patrick described this as the Green Acres effect. And for people like me who are too young to remember that show, the title sequence says it all. Green Acres is the place to be. Five 
delight for me Land spreading out so far and wide Keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside As we touched on in our Hudson Valley episode, some New York City expats found themselves longing for Manhattan after they settled down in the country. The same feelings hit San Franciscans who moved out of the city center. There have been definitely people who moved to Napa and Sonoma and Lake Tahoe, you know, beautiful, beautiful places. But they woke up as the vaccine rolled up and said, I'm sick of living, (laughs) you know, I'm sick of living in the country. There's nothing going on here. I miss the city and I'm going back. Other folks who left San Fran and liked it, but maybe still needed a spot in the city if they had to go in for work, for example, decided that a luxury rental would do the job. A separate subset of new suburbanites decided to get in on leasing deals and find a pad in the city that would be basically an escape hatch for fire season. I actually myself moved out of San Francisco and bought a home in Petaluma, and I'm renting a small condo in the city when I need to come in for work. You know, Sonoma County, you know, we it's it's fire season. You know, Napa, Sonoma, that's, that's something that's not going away. One of the phenomena we saw around the Bay Area in the major condo markets is the condo prices have not rebounded in any way to the scale that we saw the appreciation in house prices. Condo buyers decided to opt for houses instead with yards and decks and a little bit more space and, and, and no common areas, of course. Because San Francisco essentially has all the homes it can possibly hold, that increased demand very quickly pressured supply. It basically comes down to land. San Francisco is seven miles by seven miles, and it's never going to get one inch bigger. The only new houses being built in San Francisco for a long time have been mostly houses that have been torn down and, you know, bigger, more expensive houses put up. Which is the subset of the market where homebuyers began to turn once the vaccine made it safe to come back to cities. There was a massive jump in affluence in the Bay Area. As the stock market soared through the pandemic, residents of San Francisco, which is the second wealthiest city in the country, got even richer. Not only were they buying bigger houses, they were often going out and buying second houses, second homes on the coast or on Lake Tahoe or whatever. A number of homebuyers who are looking to either get out of renting completely or upgrade to a bigger, nicer space decided to expand their search to luxury deals. Sales volume for luxury homes and condos both peaked midway through 2021, according to Compass. One caveat in the mix for the market's rebound is rising crime rates, particularly property-based crime. The pictures are everywhere on social media. Crimes in San Francisco, even in broad daylight. Cars burglarized, sometimes with people inside of those cars, and sometimes the same car more than once. And the city has dealt with a homelessness crisis for a long time. During the pandemic, more unhoused San Franciscans were pushed onto the streets as overcrowding in shelters became a health risk. For renters, those fears around rising crime rates have been a deterrent. Yeah, it has. I had a big chunk of renters moving from neighborhoods for that reason. You know, funny how Russian Hill is still a great neighborhood that people are looking at. It's more the high-end real estate over there. Uh, But I had quite a few people move out of Russian Hill this time, saying that even the homeless is starting, you know, to to affect that neighborhood. But 
Experts say the impact has not put a damper on home or condo sales. Of course, I believe that a lot of the people who did move out of the city to relocate to suburban counties around the city, the pandemic was certainly part of the issue, but part of the issue was they personally had reached their breaking point on dealing with these urban ills. That said, condo sales <laughs> hit their highest point in history last year, and house sales have been, you know, the demand is through the roof. So those urban ills have to be impacting uh, a segment of the buyer community, but there still has remained uh, a, a large demographic who want to live in the city and who are buying homes in the city. Can't get enough of Deconstruct? Well, you're in luck. We're airing a special episode this Friday just in time for the Super Bowl. We're looking at football stadiums and whether these multi-million dollar projects lift or dampen the real estate markets they engulf. Next week, Deconstruct is taking a break, but we'll be back Monday, February 21st with an episode looking at new forms of housing. Tune in then.